0: The universal call to holiness goes all the way back to the Old Testament. God's people have always been called to be holy. Often holiness is identified with the manifestation of closeness to God and at the same time with suffering and pain accepted as his divine will. But holiness is a special call where we commit ourselves to a life according to the divine plan or living a life as God would like us to live. In the gospel today, Jesus continues his teaching on law. He tells us how the law must be understood in today's context. He tells us that our attributes and actions lead to imitate God who is merciful kind and loving. He tells us that the law must lead us to a life of holiness where we discover God in people, both of our friends and our enemies. It is easy to love those who love us, but Jesus asks us to do much more, to love our enemies. When he says to be perfect like the Heavenly Father, he sets a high standard for us and he himself becomes the shining example of such holiness. Jesus presents in his Sermon on the Mount the basic principle of Christian love. This is said to be the central section of the sermon which gives the concentrated expression of the Christian ethic of personal relations. Jesus tells his disciples that they must love their enemies. He places before them the expression of the old law, which stated they, they have to love their neighbor and hate their enemy. But the law that Jesus gives says that they must love their enemies and pray for those who are persecuting them. This is necessary to distinguish them from others and to recognize that they are the children of the Father in heaven. He himself shows the practice of the law in his life as he forgives them from the cross. Jesus prescribes his love beyond all human understanding to accept someone with benevolence and goodwill even when he insults or creates injury. Jesus laid down this command for us as a basis of personal relationships. It is not a concept of pacifism, but rather a call for universal brotherhood. Most important of all is that this commandment does not allow people to do what they like. However, the problem here is the understanding of the word love. To say we love a person is to have warm feelings of affection towards them or even personally caring for them. Certainly, Jesus is not asking us to have the same feelings one has towards one's life companion or friend as against the feelings towards a horrible person who has treated us badly. He just wants us to treat the evil one as a person, a child of God, and not have the set of revenge planned on him. To love in the gospel context means to wish the well-being of. It is a unilateral, unconditional desire for the deepest well-being of another person. To not ask to be in love with, to have warm feelings for someone who is doing something to me and others serious harm but we can sincerely wish the well-being of those who harm and persecute us. We pray that many may change, not just for our sake, but also for their own. The passage concludes with Jesus saying, Be perfect, then, as your heavenly Father is perfect. On the face of it, that sounds like a commandment which cannot possibly have anything to do with us. Indeed not one of us can even faintly connect ourselves with perfection. This obviously is an ideal, a goal to be aimed at. The perfection intended is not total perfection but rather to aim at that total impartiality of a God who extends his providential care and love equally to everyone. The hidden depths of God can only be revealed to us, according to Paul, through the Spirit, who alone can reach even the depths of God. The Holy Spirit, who reaches the depths of God, also reaches our own hidden depths, because, as Paul says in the reading, the Spirit can reach the depths of everything. Something of what Paul calls the depths of God resides within our own human depths through the Spirit. In the same sense, the deeper we enter into ourselves, the closer we come to the Lord who is at the core of our very being. That is why we are always capable of great good. As the first reading reminds us, to behave faithfully is within your power. We need to keep on asking the Lord to renew our depths as in the great prayer to the Holy Spirit from our own Catholic tradition. Come Holy Spirit, fill my heart and enkindle me the fire of your love. Jesus calls us to a certain disposition of the heart. It is as if he was saying don't be complacent just because you have kept the rules. I am calling you to something much deeper what the Lord really calls us to is to have a heart like his to have something of his mindset to have emotions thoughts and attitudes that are thoroughly shaped by his spirit the choices we make will correspond to the Lord for the Lord's will for our own lives and the way we live will be life-giving both for ourselves and for those to whom we relate. Many years ago, when a social worker worked as a volunteer at a hospital, he got to know a little girl named Liz who was suffering from a rare and serious disease. Her only chance of recovery appeared to be a blood transfusion from her five-year-old brother who had miraculously survived the same disease and had developed the antibodies. The doctor explained the situation to her little brother and asked the little boy if he would be willing to give his blood to his sister. All saw him hesitate for only a moment, beforeing a deep breath and saying, yes, I'll do it if it will save her. As the transfusion progressed, he smiled, seeing the color returning to her cheeks. Then his face grew pale, and his smile faded. He looked up the doctor and asked with a trembling voice, Will I die right away, or how soon? The boy had misunderstood the doctor. He thought he would have to give his sister all of his blood in order to save her. He loved his sister and gave everything. Are we willing to give everything to Jesus? Are we willing to give him our heart?